The Culture Pop Podcast is brought to you by the Law Offices of Jacob Imrani. Accident or injury, call Jacob Imrani, call Jacob. Hey, it's Mace. If you or a friend or loved one is injured in an accident, the first person you should call is my friend Jacob. When I did this, Jacob was great. He helped me by talking through the next steps, which really put my mind at ease. When you're injured in an accident, you got to have an expert. That's why you call Jacob, just like I did. Call Jacob, 844-24-JACOB. That's 844-24-JACOB. Or visit calljacob.com. Call Jacob. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Culture Pop Podcast. I'm Steve Mason, along with Sue Ballou, Sue Kalinsky. What is going on? I've cut a lot of my hair off. I don't know if you can see it. No, I can't see. Let me see. Oh, yeah, it looks good. For for those of you on YouTube, uh, you can see, Sue. That's very nice. What what were you thinking? <laughs> I wanted to cut all my hair off. Oh, that's it. That's it. Okay, as simple as <laughs> well, that. Well, Tom, you know, it's so funny. Tom says to me one day, and he's been saying this actually for a while. He says, when are you going to, you know, cut your hair? You know, you, sh- you should cut your hair shorter. You know, and I was like, what, what is, what am I like an old lady? <laughs> I'm going to cut my hair shorter. <laughs> so, you know, when I first started dating him, my yeah. hair was shorter. And he says, uh, when are you going to get some long hair coming my way? And is that, like, so So he's tough. To, when it's short, he wants it long. When it's long, he wants it short. Well, now he likes it short. So, right, you know, you we'll go. see uh, how many years it'll take him for him to ask me to grow my hair longer. Well, you got it. You got it going on. You look great. And I'm doing the show from the beach today. That looks um, very windy the, there. The, it is windy. That tree keeps blowing, doesn't it? It's I'm afraid it's so going to crazy. On you. So crazy. So, uh I, we, we're going to do some Sue's News today, which we haven't done in a while. We haven't done Sue's News in a while. Yeah. We need to do more of that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So what do you, what do you got uh, cooking? Well, I mean, I thought since it happened today, and I, this isn't going to air today, um, I, I wanted to just address the fact that um, um, Tina Turner. Tina Turner passed away. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, she was 83. 83, which is great. Which is great. She lived a long life. And then people still kind of like, uh, you know, uh, why'd she die at 83? And it's like, she was 83. Yeah, but 83 is a pretty, you know, 83 is not as old as it used to be. I know. It's, you know, like, I think back on like when people died at 25. Right. You know, and people are like, oh, God, he lived such a long life. And I was like, really? He was 25. Although I was pointed out to me that the life expectancy of the average American is 77. So Tina did beat that. Yes. But um, what an amazing life and what an amazing story uh, and just in, incredible. I mean, if you ever saw the movie, What's Love Got to Do With It? Angela Bassett is brilliant. Lawrence Fishburne as Ike Turner is fantastic. Uh, and you get that whole story about how she was willing to leave everything behind, all of the publishing rights and all the music and all the songs, Ike and Tina Turner, and say, I just want to be free. She emancipated herself and she rebuilt her career. It's, it's an amazing story. Right. I, I have to tell you something that a comedian did years ago. Okay. His name is Bob Shaw. He doesn't do stand up anymore, but he was from the era of when Larry David and Richard Lewis uh, first started doing stand up. Okay. So he, he was in that crowd. Uh, brilliant, brilliant comedian. So um, one night, I don't know if he was at a comedy club or he like opened for her, but he was hanging out with her somewhere in a bar, maybe. Okay. And. He, he answered the phone and he, and he looked at her and he said, uh, it's Ike. He oh, no. The phone. 
That is so funny. Yeah, she left. Yeah, good, good. <laughs> we uh, did you ever see her live? I never saw her live. Oh, we saw her live um, right around What's Love Got to Do with It. That that album came out. That single was gigantic. I was a DJ at that point. It would have been nineteen eighty five or something like that. 84. Um, Private Dancer was the name of the album. She did a great, uh, Private Dancer is a great song. She did a great song on, she uh, covered Let's Stay Together. Right. Uh, the Al Green song, which was just amazing. It's an incredible album, but we got to do a concert, promote a concert with her and uh, got to meet her, got to deal with a little bit in, in person. Mm-hmm. Unbelievably, the word that comes to mind is humble. She was very humble. Uh, hmm. because I mean, here she is, she's this great performer. Uh, she had those, those skirts that were all like spangly or whatever you would call it. And she'd be kicking in the air and all that stuff. And then you meet her in person. She's very humble, very right. subdued. Right. Well, it was just amazing to me that she, the way she moved on stage in the outfits that she wore when she was in, uh, you know, a much older woman. Yeah. I mean, she did it with stilettos. Yeah, she was in her 50s when I saw her, and she was spectacular. Yeah, yeah. Um, So, just something else that I just have to say. Okay. Um, So, all right, 83 years old. That's a great number. Good number. It's a great number. So, um, a couple of days ago, and I I do want to get into our favorite, you know, female rockers. Okay. Um, But... uh, Paris Hilton, I don't know if you read about it, but Paris Hilton's dog died the other day. Oh, I'm so sorry. Okay, so the headline is Paris Hilton's dog dead at 23. No. But just the way they, they're just the way they wrote it. It's like, but you know, no, no, the part that jumps out of me was her dog really 23? 23. Oh my God, that dog lived a fantastic life. That oh, is unbelievable. Sophie is going to be 17 on the 4th of July, and she's, you know, held together with glue and tape at this point. I mean, 23 is amazing. Yeah. So she was in her 20s when she first got the dog. I think she's probably one of those little purse dogs, right? Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. You know, it fits in her purse. They used to be fashionable. You could carry around a, a dog in your Burka bag. Right. Well, they call them what? Teacup chihuahuas, I, yeah, I believe yeah. they're called. Yeah. yeah. Annoying. They were. I, I mean, I, I love dogs, but they when they're used as a fashion accessory, yes, I, I just find it distasteful. Yes, yes. When you're wearing your dog, it's it, a yes, bizarre. yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> all right, so, um, so all right, I'm going to start with my. I have around. Oh, five. we're going to do what? Three, five, maybe three, five, whatever. Let's you do three. Do. I, I came up with three greatest female rockers of all time in honor of Tina Turner. Okay. So, um, Joan Jett. Joan Jett, Blackhearts. Just badass. Um, you know, one of the early, early, early rockers. Yeah. Who, great voice, just like a, just badass. I mean, yeah. she was probably one of the, one of the most badass, uh, female, uh, rock singers, um, of all time, I think. I am in agreement. Uh, she was, uh, that's another, I love talking about music from my DJ days, but that was, uh, I love rock and roll was a gigantic hit, a gigantic hit. All right. So, you know, it's hard to define rocker. Okay. So I have put on my list and you can dispute it if you want. Mm-hmm. I've put Annie Lennox on my list. 
who I think now she, is she a rocker? I don't know. She's got that sisters are doing it for themselves. She's got like a lot of that stuff, a lot sweet of dreams, stuff, sweet dreams, know? and all that. I I love Annie Lennox. I saw her at the Hollywood Bowl. She opened for Sting. What a show that was. Annie yeah. Lennox and Sting at the Bowl. But I love Annie Lennox from the days of the. I never understood it, but Sweet Dreams are made of this, uh, which was their first single. Single. The video has this cow in it. Never understood why. No explanation. Still, I'm 58 years old, still wondering what the fucking cow is doing in the Annie Lennox video. But I, I put Annie Lennox on the list. Okay. Yeah, there there definitely is somewhat of a crossover with certain artists because I have Bonnie Raitt. And, Bonnie you know, Raitt she's, is you know, definitely she's, a rocker. She's a rocker, but she's kind of a blues singer. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, my uh, One of my favorite albums that she did was Nick of Time. Yeah, and uh, I'll I think never she won the Grammy for that. Yeah, yeah, she won a lot of Grammys that year. Probably album, and I think, you know, maybe Nick of Time. I don't know if she won it for that song. But there was a song on that record that was Have a Heart. And yeah. that was during a time where I was on and off with Kenny Ober. Okay, and right. So this was a period where I was not with him. Yep. And I went to Madison Square Garden with uh, three of my girlfriends. And, you know, we sit down, we were smoking pot and, you know, feeling great. And it was right before the concert started. And I had an idea that um, that he was cheating on me with this particular mm. woman who I didn't really know that well, but I did meet her once. Right. And I turn around and I see her sitting beside me, uh, sitting behind me. Okay. And then I look over and Kenny comes and sits next to her. And really, entire, this is attack and oh. yes. So at the concert, all I could think about is I cannot believe he's sitting behind with behind me with, with a woman he cheated on me with. Oh my and god! We're not together anymore. And that song "Have a Heart" yeah was such a statement on our relationship. Yeah, because it was like you know basically you don't have the balls to just let me go. That's crazy. Know? And, well, that's and a that weird was really, and that was it, really the story of our relationship. But you he have never, a positive association with Bonnie Raitt because you happened to be at a concert when you saw Kenny there with another woman. No, no, no. It's it's not that I have a positive uh, memory of of association with her. It's just that I I love Bonnie Raitt and I've always loved her. This was just a story about you know what happened that night and when that and I knew that that song was going to play. Yeah, because that was her new album. Right, and when right. The song played. Um, Kenny put his hand like on my shoulder just to kind of like, like, I, I know this is, this is a song that we've listened to a lot together you oh, know? God. and it was like, oh my God. And my girlfriends are looking at me like, are you okay? Do you want to leave? And I'm like, no, I'm not going to leave, you know? Right. But it was a, a just bizarre, just a bizarre evening. That's crazy. Well, I did yoga with Bonnie Raitt. You did yoga with a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. No, I did yoga with Bonnie Raitt in Mill Valley when I was living up in San Francisco. I never had the balls to walk up and say, hey, Bonnie, huge yeah. fan. That's all you need. Yeah. Huge fan. Sometimes it's better left to just, like, not say anything to people. You think so? Yeah, yeah. I mean, sometimes it's like, just let them be normal and be in the yoga class with you or wherever you are. Right. You know, and just... um and not call attention to it. Well, that's the way it did turn out. I was we call that turtling. Like have I have we talked about turtling on this show? I don't think so. We have on my other show. So the idea is that uh you know when you walk into a crowded room uh and there are people everywhere, 
And maybe there's somebody faint. You just turtle. Like you, you go into your shell and you're afraid to talk to anybody. So I've, I'm determined to never turtle again. Like I am going to walk into a party. I'm going to introduce myself to whoever I want to. I'm going to have conversations. Um, it's not going to be small talk. It's going to be medium talk. Um, and I strongly believe that turtling is in my past. Yeah, I mean, I guess it really depends on, you know, on the situation. I remember years ago, I went to Mexico with my family. We were in Tulum in this like really remote area in this like remote restaurant. And there was maybe 10 of us. And Sam Shepard was there with Jessica Lang and their family. How cool. And everyone in my family kept on turning around and looking at them. And I was like, will you stop staring at them? We are in one of the remotest areas of where we are. Right. And they are on vacation to be trying away to be anonymous, right? From people like you. Yeah. Yeah. So stop looking at them. And it was embarrassing. I didn't even want to be like associated with my family. Did you introduce yourself? No. Then you turtled. You turtled. I totally turtled. There was no way in the world I was going to go over and say, oh, hi. Oh, you know, I, my name's Sue Klinsk. Oh, you know, oh, I did stand up, you know. I mean, it's like, what am I going to say to them? Oh, I really, really, you know, I love your work. I love True West. It's an amazing place. They're on vacation. Like they don't want to hear from me. I don't know. Uh, you know, as a, as a semi-quasi sort of celebrity, I always advise <laughs> people to walk up to me. Like if you, if you happen to recognize me, I am open for business. Just walk up to me, introduce yourself like that. There was one time it was Candy Alexander was in that show, The Corner. I remember she Candy played a Alexander. Junkie, yeah. And it was the most incredible performance I had ever seen of somebody being a junkie because I like I dated a junkie and I was friends with junkies right and she was so authentic and it was I was at a nail salon in West Hollywood and she started to walk out and I went over to her and I said I I don't ordinarily do this but I I just have to stop you and tell you how amazing you are in this series and she was she loved it she looked at me and she said wow you made my day thank you so much oh that's nice well you know what I had a moment like this uh, where I was at Junior's Deli, which used to be at uh, Westwood and Pico. And uh, I, I walked up to the counter at the same time as Louise Fletcher, mm-hmm. uh, who just actually passed away as well, played Nurse Ratched in, in One Full Over the Cuckoo's Nest. And all I said was, Oscar winners first. And mm-hmm. she said, honey, that was a long time ago, but thank you. That was a nice way to do it. A nice way to not turtle. Right. All right. So my my number two. Instead of saying age before, because. Exactly. Exactly. All right. So my number two is uh, Pat Benatar. Oh, okay. Pat Benatar, tell you what. We used to do this thing called music testing. So Mm -hmm. you would take the hook of a song and you would, it was call out research. And we had a whole department. You would call out and you'd play Hooks of songs for people, and they would give them a score from five to one. Five, they love it. One, they hate it. So the best testing record of all time was Pat Benatar, Hit Me With Your Best Shot. Like, it got a five from everybody. So even though we were a top 40 station, and it was from about 15 years before, we still played it because everybody loved it. By the way, worst testing song of all time? Weird. Tracy Chapman, Fast Car. Really? People hated that song. 
it oh, got God. all ones and call out. And I love that record. I mean, I it's think. Gr- it's, oh, it was great. That song fast, I think is amazing. I and I hear every now and then I hear it, yeah. you know, like a, a blast from the past. And it, it, I like, where is she? What is she yeah, doing? I, I don't know what happened to any of these people, to be honest with you. Yeah. Is Pat Benatar still with us? I think she is. Oh, yeah. She's still performing. Yeah. Yeah. She's great. She's she's great. So she's uh, number two on my list. So Pat Benatar used to perform at Catch a Rising Star because, you know, back in the day at, at comedy clubs, they always opened with a singer. Yeah. Right. And she was the house opening singing act at Catch. So this was, you know, way before she was famous and Rick Newman who owned the club became her manager. So we were all like, you know, we were right we were there you right. know, when when she broke through and 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 basically made it, which was pretty cool. That is cool. Uh yeah, no, Pat Benchar, she's great. I, you know, the song that sticks out for me is uh, actually Love is a Battlefield. Mm-hmm. Do you remember the video for that one? I'm trying she to remember. She was a waitress. Ah, okay. And she comes out of the restaurant and there are all these women dressed as waitresses and they're all dancers. And so it's the only video I can remember where Pat Benatar actually dances. It was sort of the Rhythm Nation era. So Hmm. she's out there dancing. And I love that video. Love that video. Very cool. Um, Grace Slick. Oh, Grace Slick. Yeah. Jefferson something. Jefferson Airplane. (laughs) Well, it was two things, right? Then it became Jefferson Starship. Starship. Yes. Yes. Um, just, I mean, so many songs. I mean, Miracles is one of my all-time favorite Jefferson Airplane songs. Yep. Um, again, just cool um, at a time where there weren't a lot of women, you know, you know, heading a band. Yeah. And, uh, you know, early 70s, late 60s, early 70s. Sure. Um, yeah, that was a great band. So, yeah. So Grace Slick is my second. Uh, so my number one. Pink. I love Pink. I have seen, now I've seen Springsteen in concert three times, U2 in concert four times, and Pink in concert five times. I think she's unbelievable. She's the only one, the last time we saw her was at uh, what was then Staples and now Crypto.com Arena. And, you know, she's an acrobat. So she flies through the air while she's singing her music. And by the way, singing flawlessly, not singing to a track, hitting every friggin' note while she's upside down, like over my head at, at the arena. I just find her to be the most amazing. And her songwriting, I mean, so what? I'm a rock star, got my rock moves, and I can, you know, just everything about her. I love Pink. Okay. Uh, my number one is Ann Wilson from Heart. Oh, sure. I, you know, I was, I was listening to a lot of her music today. She did a rendition of Stairway to Heaven, mm-hmm. which was honoring, uh, uh, Led Zeppelin at the right. Kennedy Center Honors. It was like haunting. Yeah. I mean, just her range was just. I don't know many female singers or just singers in general that have a range like she did um, and does. And that was, you know, I don't know, it was like eight years ago. And just, you know, just watching her on stage with her sister, her yeah. sister's like unbelievable guitar player. Yep. And that song, um, Crazy on You, her sister just like played guitar. It was just music for like like a minute. 
before Ann Wilson came out on stage with the first line of the song. Cool. And just, um, yeah, so she's my number one. Okay, so what are your, what are your three? Um, Joan Jett, Grace Slick, and Ann Wilson. Okay, and I go Annie Lennox, Pat Benatar, Pink. Okay. Got to go see Pink. She's at uh, SoFi in August. Okay. You got to go see Pink. Okay. Cool. Yeah. I mean, there's so many people that I really love that I've never seen, you know? Yeah. And it's weird. It's weird to be a fan of people. And it's like, I've just, just, I don't know, just haven't gone. Like, for example, I don't think, I, I mean, I love Adele. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I'm ever going to get to see her in concert. I mean, the tickets are so friggin' expensive. I right. It's like the price of a Super Bowl ticket to go see Adele. So I may not never, may not ever see her. I never got to see Whitney Houston. Right. Uh, I'll tell you, greatest singer-songwriter, arguably female of all time, uh, Carol King. Ugh. The Tapestry album was Ugh. like this huge breakthrough. And it is a brilliant, uh, and she's fantastic. And they made the musical about her, which is great. Yeah, I didn't. Great. I didn't see it, but I saw her, and uh, when she she's toured with James Taylor. A James bunch of Taylor, times, sure. And I saw them at the Hollywood Bowl. Oh, that was that's a phenomenal. Great show. That's a great show. Yeah, she wrote songs that I remember when I was in summer camp. Um, what was the song um, about? Um, it's too late, baby. Oh yeah, those, it's too late, those, baby. No, it's too late. Oh, we really did try to make it. That yeah. song was the breakup like letter yeah that men and women gave to the people that they were breaking up with they right. wrote out the lyrics and handed it to them yep. because i can't say it any better or any clearer than than this song yeah yeah you know actually that makes me think of a story so when i went to Bowling Green. I had a very, very serious high school girlfriend, Emily Weber. Shout out to you if you're listening, Emily. Uh, <laughs> Emily Weber, I was crazy in love with. Creative and interesting and beautiful and all these things. And we made a promise to each other that she was going to the University of Cincinnati. I was going to Bowling Green State University. Uh, and we promised that you know we would stay together through it. And I did a terrible job at that. I did a terrible job at the staying together part. So we drifted apart, which you would expect. It was a high school relationship. But at the end of the first semester, I remember getting a letter from her. And it was all the lyrics to Phil Collins, Against All Odds, signed mm -hmm. Emily. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh. But I'm dating this Alpha Z now because I was in high school then. But I still love Emily. Aww. Emily was great. She was my first love. My first mm -hmm. love. Yeah. And you were, what, 17, 18? 17, yes. <clears throat> my first love, I I was 14. Oh, yeah? Who yeah, junior high. Ninth grade, junior high school. Roy Tunison. Uh, can't shout out to him because he died. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Hell fellow well met, we say. <laughs> What's that? We say, Hell fellow well met when someone ah. passes away. Oh, okay. So he was, you know, you know, junkie, but he was not oh, a junkie geez. when I, he, okay. I, I, yeah. So I had a couple of junkie boyfriends. Yeah. So he was not a junkie when we were 14, but, um, he was, you know, just like really cute. And, um, 
he was one, he was, you know, a little bit of a bad boy because that was kind of my MO. But when I was in ninth grade, every morning walking to my first class after homeroom, he and two of his friends were always kind of like leaned up against the wall by like, uh, like, a, like when I turned the corner, they were always standing there. And he was just like, I couldn't get over how cute he was. Right. So, um, he seemed kind of out of my league. I was like, there's no way in the world that he's ever going to go out with me. But I had such, I had such a crush on him. It was painful. Mm. And then I became friends with some of his friends. And then, you know, of course, you know, word gets out that I have like a huge crush on him. So I was at uh, a mutual friend's house. And um, I guess uh, my, my friend planned to have uh, me come upstairs into um, his bedroom and then he went and got Roy and uh, pushed Roy like in, in the room, like towards oh, me. Like you're pushing you guys together. Yes. And then it was like, oh, my God. And then trapping it's, you in a room. And, and then and then he shut the door and left. Yeah. And I just kind of looked at Roy and I was like, and I was thinking to myself, oh, my God, is this real? Is this really happening? I'm actually going to go steady with him. And wow. he asked me to go steady with him. And we made out. And then, you know, and then, of course, he broke my heart. Did he? Yeah, totally. And when you say junkies, yeah, are you talking about guys with pills or heroin? Heroin, heroin. Yes, the heroin, the the big H. Boy, yes. I'll tell you what, that's scary. Yeah, scary. The heroin yes. thing is crazy. The needle part of it is just insane. Like I totally insane. I, I, I mean. I, yeah, junkies. So that's who you were dating. So when, yeah, well, well, he, he became a junkie. <laughs> oh, turned into one. He turned into one. But one of his good friends who I started dating, it was, uh, end of high school, beginning of college. I graduated high school a year early because half of my friends were a year older than me. Oh, okay. And I didn't want to stay in high school without them, but I still had half of my friends who were, who stayed. Right. So I was dating this guy, um, Ralph. <laughs> Again, really cute. He was a surfer. He was friends with Tom. Okay. And um, and uh, I went away to college, and and he stayed in high school. And my and during you know my first year, you know, I was there for you know like a week or so. I thought I'm I I have to break up with him because I'm in college, and we're going to be away from one another, and I want to have the full college experience. And right. if it turns out that we end up being together at some point. Great. But so I break up with him. He's completely devastated. I didn't expect him to be as devastated as he was. Right. And he blamed me for the reason why he shot heroin for the first time. Wait a minute. He says you're the reason he did heroin. Well, yeah, he said the first time because I broke, he came up to see me. He came up to visit me. Yeah. And I broke up with him when he came up to visit me. And there was a, uh, a mutual friend of ours who actually went to school with, with me. Right. And he was a year or two older and he lived in my dorm and he was, a, he was a junkie. So instead of going home, Ralph going home, he went and hung out with this guy and shot heroin with him for the huh. first time and became a junkie. And I'm like, look, I am not taking responsibility. You can't take the fall for that. Yeah. But, but after, after my first year of college, when I came home, we started dating again. And was he still I a junkie? I didn't I didn't know. I didn't know until much later that he shot heroin when he okay. came up to visit me at school. Oh. So I go home and uh 
one of my friends said, uh, I think you've, you, you, you need to know this about Ralph. Um, he's, he's doing dope. And I said, are you, seriously? Because he, he was a photographer. He, like I said, he was a surfer. He, he had like, he had so much going on in his right. life. You know, he was very, very talented. And, um, and he, he actually ended up dying from an overdose years oh, and years God. later. Wow. It's crazy. At my school, at my high school, I think there was some weed, yeah. but that's it. Like we were not, I, I wouldn't even know where to find that stuff. You know, it's crazy because where I lived in, in Belmont. Well, you lived in the, you lived in the city, right? I didn't live in the city. Oh. I lived in the suburbs. Okay. I lived in a town that was like 40 minutes outside of Manhattan. But during the early seventies, a lot of, uh, my friends, older brothers and sisters, there was a, a certain group of them. They were junkies, mm. you know? So we got to witness how disgusting it was. Yeah, and right. We were like, oh God, there's no way in the world like I would ever do that, you know, seeing people nodding out and like, oh, it was gross. But a couple of my friends, Ralph was one of them. Wow. And uh and then I had another friend whose brother was a junkie, and it was like, there's no way in the world that he would ever do it. And then he started doing it. It was like it was so easy to get. That's and they weird. used to go in, they used to go into the city and cop all the time. CBGB's was a big hangout. Oh, sure. CBGB's was a great rock club. Downtown, and, right? Yeah, it was down in like um God, uh like uh Houston, you know, it was yeah, in a, kind way of down. a really, really shitty area. And when CBGB's first started, that's when the New York dolls were yes. very, very famous. Right. It didn't Lou Reed. Lou Reed, yeah, Lou Reed was part of that crowd. Um, Blondie, yeah, um, yeah, Mink Deville, and um, so um, Johnny Thunder was in the Dolls, right? Yeah. So I'm I'm living with this guy Ralph. We are we have an apartment in Queens, and the phone rings one day, and uh, I was like, hey, "Is Ralph there?" And I was like, "No, he's not here. Who is it?" He says, "Oh, Johnny." It was Johnny Thunder. <laughs> <laughs> Ralph had become friends with him because he cops he used to go down to buy cbgb's and get dope and you know there was no kind of like hierarchy if you were a junkie you were a junkie you know you could be like hanging out with lou reed and, right. and be doing heroin because that you had this common bond so johnny thunder used to call my house looking for him that's crazy yeah i mean that that was never you know maybe there was weed i don't i don't remember i remember this um all the kids who smoked, which was viewed as just the worst thing in the world by my mom, they wore jean jackets and we called them the burnouts. Right. So I was not allowed to wear a jean jacket ever. Like I was not, I always thought it would be cool to have a jean jacket, you know, cool denim. Nope, not allowed to because then you're a burnout. So actually it, wearing the jean jacket was as bad as smoking the cigarette. It's, it's so true. Like jean jackets and I remember army jackets. Yeah. My, my boyfriend, my, my boyfriend, Roy had uh an army jacket yep and it, it was cool yeah but to my parents and and the fact that they you know none of these guys were jewish so that was like my parents like went crazy you know i was laughing with a friend of my sister's because when i was growing up and i think we've talked about this before but um my father was like if you don't date a jewish guy like forget it. right like, you're, you're not going out anymore you know <laughs> right. you have to be with someone jewish and ironically the one guy 
that I dated who was Jewish that I stayed with for a long time hurt me more than any like Catholic guy I ever went out with. So Kenny. So anyway, so my father, we had a pool table in our basement and it was like my house was a big hangout house. Yes. So, you know, people would, you know, smoke pot down there and drink and. Oh God! Um, my father had bought this, like uh, it was a cue ball, and it was um, it was uh, it was like a trick cue ball. Okay. So it didn't it it didn't it, it was like off center. Okay. So after you hit the ball with 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 the cue ball, yes, the cue ball like wouldn't stop. It just kept on like rolling. Oh, it just kept going. It wouldn't bounce out. It it, it just kept on rolling on the table, and because everybody was high. You know, you know, we would we would we would take the regular cue ball mm-hmm. and replace it sometimes. And then yeah. we, if someone was really stoned, just to mess with somebody, we'd put the wonky one in. Right. <laughs> so one night, I guess my sister's hanging out with all her non-Jewish, mostly non-Jewish friends. And my father opens up the basement door and actually yells down, who's not Jewish here? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god can you embarrass can you embarrass us more with with how awful of a person you are yeah, that boy, we can't hang crazy. out with people that aren't jewish <laughs> oh man oh god yeah i mean you know what's funny about it? you were talking i mean all your junky boyfriends <laughs> um you know i never smoked weed until i was in my 30s wow I never smoked weed until I was in New York. So were you like, did you just not have friends that did it? Or did you have friends that did it and you just decided I'm not going to do it? I had friends who did it, especially in college. But I, it had such a, my parents ingrained such a stigma about it into my brain that I just wouldn't do it. Now, I, when I, and then by the time I, I got to New York, I was like, okay, I'm a grown up. I can make this decision for myself. Um, but yeah, no, it had such a stigma. So I didn't try. And then, you know, I didn't obviously tried it in my thirties and it's become, you know, part of my life. So it wasn't until we did the radio show in New York. hundred percent. Never, ever did I you smoke were such weed. A, you were such a pothead when we were in New York. Correct. I became a pothead. I was not, wait a minute. I was not a pothead. Oh, what are you talking about? We would smoke pot like at nine o'clock or 10 o'clock in the morning. Well, I mean... After a hard show. I, well, to us, it was afternoon, but. Yeah, I mean, no, was, I guess. I just I smoked pot with you a lot. In yeah, no, we did smoke a lot. You're right. Um, we, I, I remember I would get every Friday after the show because, you know, you get to the end of the week and I was just like, oh, exhale. And I would go directly from the show to McDonald's where I would buy two Big Macs. 20-piece chicken McNuggets, two large fries, whole bunch of extra hot mustard sauce, a, uh, a hot cho- hot fudge sundae, and a baked apple pie, one of those little pie things. So I'd go home. I'd get totally rocked, did totally stoned. And then I would eat the entire bag of food. And I mean, every- I ate all that in one sitting. So that's the way I started every weekend when we were in New York, like every weekend. But I don't remember being a pothead. I thought you were a bit of a pothead. Did you? 
Because I smoke pot with you a lot. And, yeah, I and, guess you and, and I. And, you know, friends friends of mine would come and meet me after the show, and we'd smoke pot. And it was like, I can't believe I'm smoking pot at 9 o'clock or well, 10 o'clock in the morning. It had been a long day. I know, because we, we were on, well, in the beginning, we were on the air at 5. We were on the air. We were on the air from 5 to 10. Right. Five hours is just a month, especially for morning yeah. drive. It's unthinkable now. We would not have anybody on the air for longer than three hours. Five hours, there is no way you can sustain the energy and the focus and all the stuff you need to do a show. Um, three hours is max, but 5 a.m. to 10 a.m. was was a rough slot. So, yeah, yeah maybe was I was a pothead. Um, all right. Well, we didn't get to much beyond uh, Greatest Rockers today, but there are some really good stories. <laughs> good junkie talk. Shout out junk, to all. J- junkie talk, and I help shout you. Shout out to all the junkies listening. Um, Hey, uh, I want to make something clear. If you are listening to the show right now on Apple or Spotify, you can also watch it on YouTube. Uh, Go to uh, YouTube uh, and search Culture Pop Podcast and we will pop up. Now, if you're watching on YouTube, you can also listen to us uh, in audio form, either at Spotify or at Apple. So there are lots of ways to consume the Culture Pop Podcast podcast now which i'm excited about there's no excuse there's no excuse not to not to see us or have you watched have you watched uh our show on youtube i have it is it is action-packed i think it's great and i love the way it starts i love the editing of the beginning of it yeah that you know what i i'm gonna do that was that milos his idea yeah hang on a second i here's what i'm gonna do I've been saying, Milos is our uh, uh, sound engineer, uh, associate producer, uh, makes a lot of the technical stuff here work. So, and last time I shouted him out, we didn't get his name right. So he had his, I forget if it's a son or daughter, um, send us a voice link so we know the right way to pronounce it. So I'm going to play that now so we can credit him properly. Milos Yelenkovich. Could you hear that? I could hear that. No, I oh, can I hear it from there? No, I didn't hear you it. You can hear that. Uh, Milos Yelenkovich. And what have you been? We've always saying Milos. What you've been saying his last name incorrectly? I apparently said his last name wrong once. So I want to apologize and I want to thank Milos Yelenkovich for uh, all of his help in getting the show ready for uh, podcast and for and for YouTube. He's a great guy and does amazing work and we appreciate him. You know, uh, and, and and like I like I've we've never met him. We just know him through social media. Yes. Right? You've never seen him, right? I've never seen him. So the 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 shows that I was absent for. Yes. Um he sent me I came back from Florida, I guess, and I guess it was the it was a podcast that we haven't aired yet because we can't air it yet. Oh, it's it the Anthony Ramos podcast. Anthony Ramos was the He's first coming one. coming up in, the- in, uh, on June the 5th, we'll release that. He's the star of the Transformers movie. Okay, so um, I got an email from Milos mm-hmm. um, saying that, uh, welcome back. Yeah. And he said it put a big smile on his face to hear me on the show. Oh, that's nice. Which yeah, I thought no, was we- very sweet. We did. We we missed you, Sue. It's not the Culture Pop podcast without Mason and Sue. Mm. Um, don't forget, subscribe to the podcast everywhere. Uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, leave us a rating and a review. We love that. Sue, great seeing you. Great seeing you. We will see everybody next time on the Culture Pop podcast. Mm-hmm.